jumper on the way. He hits, and it's a three. It's a franchise record, 54 for Carl Anthony Towns. Wolves cast, audio on demand. Gibson struggling to get it in, finds Wiggins. Andrew around a town screen, inside of midcourt, launches the three, at the buzzer, banks it in. Andrew Wiggins has won it at the buzzer. Lots it up ahead. Tyus rises up and slams it with the right hand. Taj Gibson with the defensive play of the game. It's over, it's over. Celebrate Wolves Nation. Welcome into Wolves Cast Audio On Demand. John Pokey alongside Cal Soderquist. And coming up on this episode, we're going to get to know Carl Anthony Towns in his own words. The Wolves superstar explains why he chose the number he did, what's on his pregame playlist, uh, whether he likes a dunk or a block shot or all those types of things. You'll hear direct from Carl his thoughts on those topics and more. Plus, we're going to go one-on-one with Anthony Tolliver, the uh, Wolves power forward now in his second go-round in a Timberwolves uniform, and he'll kind of look back on his career arc to this point. But, Cal, before we get into all of that, I want to talk about another veteran on this squad, and that would be Derek Rose. Uh, Derek had a great line earlier this week as Minnesota suited up to play the Phoenix Suns where he kind of talked about his season and some of the numbers he's putting up versus some of the numbers that he put up when he was in a Chicago Bulls uniform. And Derek said, number one, I think I'm a better player now. Uh, Number two, he said he had a great line where he said, it gets greater later. (laughs) And and I thought that was a a great way of summing it up, like a good bottle of wine. Derek Rose just keeps getting better. But uh, he, he said he's a better player now than he was in his Bulls days doesn't necessarily do all the same things that he did in a Bulls uniform, but uh, how do you assess that statement? Well, I think, did he use the word reckless at one point when, mm-hmm. when he played as a younger? And, and you think about all that athleticism he had and really driving to the hole with, with no fear of what the consequences might be. And and he's kind of evolved his game from there. And, and I think of a lot, a lot of the greatest players in the NBA as they got older and maybe lost even just a step of that athleticism had to kind of tweak their game and evolve it to what better suited them at that stage of their career. I think of Kobe Bryant, uh, and and Derek's no different. Derek has kind of found a new way, a new way to be successful, basically, and and it's been pretty special to watch. I mean, we know the fifty point game. We had the game winner last weekend, and and really the way he's embracing all of it, even the grind of it. I think earlier this year he talked about all the different things he had to do on off days or, or practice days or game days leading up to tip-off just to kind of get his body ready or, or comfortable to play that given night. And, and that's not something that, you know, a lot of veterans at, at his stage might just say, man, this, this isn't worth it. I'm just going to give the 70% that I can without all this extra work. But he seems to really be embracing uh, everything that it takes to get him ready to go. And, and I think his thought about it, I've I've got to – higher basketball IQ I'm a better player uh that game against Phoenix it was the I don't know nine year anniversary or something of when he threw down on Goran Dragic (laughs) if you remember that if you don't google it find it one of the most amazing dunks ever and as I watched that over and over and over earlier this year uh, all I could think of was the game has changed and Derek is embracing that change right uh the effort and energy that it took to throw down on Goran Dragic that was great back then. Now, Derek's a 43% three-point shooter. 
three is greater than two. A three-point shot doesn't take uh, your knees and your body and the physicality that that dunk on Goran Dragic does, and it gives you three points, not just two. So I think Derek's absolutely right in the way that he's understanding how his game has adapted to today's NBA. Well, and even how about the, the different roles he's embraced? We're only a little more than halfway through this season, and he's been a starter. He's been a backup. He's been on ball. He's been more of the two guard. He's kind of taken everything in stride. We've had a coaching change. I'm sure the philosophy has been a little bit different for him since then as well in terms of what he's being asked to do now under Ryan Saunders, but he's just embraced it all. He's taken it all in stride, really seems to be appreciated and and well-liked in that locker room and, and amongst his coaches and even his NBA peers. We've talked about that too. Um, so it's been fun to see. It's been it's been pretty cool to watch. Yeah, it really has been fun to watch this renaissance of Derrick Rose. And you have to imagine if it continues like this, there's going to be some end-of-the-season hardware for Derrick, possibly in a most improved player or six-man-of-the-year type trophy. All right, keep it right here. When we come back, we go one-on-one with Anthony Tolliver. You're listening to Wolves Cast on the Timberwolves Radio Network. Experience the pack like never before with the official mobile app of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Whether you're at home, at Target Center, or anywhere around the globe, the app is your remote control to all things Timberwolves. Head over to the App Store or Google Play to download it now. Welcome back to Wolves Cast. John Fokey with you here. Still to come, Carl Anthony Towns in his own words. We'll hear from Cad on who is his toughest defensive assignment in the NBA, why he chose the number 32, and of course, what's on his pregame playlist. That's coming up in just a few moments, and we'll go three in the key with Cal Soderquist in our final segment as always. But first, Anthony Tolliver, now in his second stint in a Timberwolves uniform, he took a moment to reflect on his career arc and more in this week's Spotlight. Second tour of duty here with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Let's go back to your first time around. And what do you remember kind of about signing that deal and and you joining that team? And maybe what's different this time around joining this team at this stage in your career? Yeah, I mean, the first time around, uh, Minnesota was kind of the first team to give me a, a real shot, a real contract, a real opportunity to, to really make my mark in this league. And I'm forever grateful for that. Um, and so, obviously, starting out, you know, didn't know what was going to all happen, you know, obviously throughout my career. But, you know, Minnesota definitely showed a lot of love my way. So, um, like I said, it's always one of those special places for me. And then now, you know, obviously, I'm 33, you know, been in the league. This is my 11th year now. So, um you know, definitely a different position and, uh, you know, a lot more talent here, um, you know, overall and, you know, obviously making the playoffs last year, um, they're, they're on the up, you know, up and up instead of uh, trying to figure it all out or trying to rebuild. So, um, you know, definitely looking forward to, you know, joining this team and, and helping them uh, to, to achieve as many goals as possible. Is it kind of fun to think, you know, young Anthony Tolliver just starting out back then, now been around the block, you come in as a veteran versus trying to learn everything back in that first time? Yeah, I mean, it's it's different. Even But even then, it was kind of crazy because at the time, uh, even though I was young and upcoming, I was probably still one of the oldest guys on the team. It was a super young team. Uh, so a completely different situation now, like you said, uh, you know, uh, this, this team here, we're, we're, you know, we're not in rebuild mode, we're in win now mode. So uh, definitely uh, a different attitude coming in and 
uh, just trying to, like I said, do my part and help help the team however I can. And in between two stints with Minnesota, you played for a number of different teams. Mm -hmm. uh, what were some of maybe the lessons or experiences that you had with those other organizations that you bring uh, a different mindset to this team? Well, I've been a part of playoff teams. I've been a part of non-playoff teams. I've been a part of horrible teams. I've been a part of really good teams and teams that barely missed the playoffs and, you know, teams that barely made it. So kind of seen it all uh, at this point. Um, so I think I have a, a wealth of knowledge and experience now that uh, can definitely help the young guys out with and, you know, complement the older guys that have been around a little bit more uh, with. So. Uh, just being through a lot of that, you know, playing in the playoffs and understanding what it takes to get there, um, you know, I think that can definitely help uh, the guys who haven't been there before uh, to prepare for the next steps. And I think of your game when you first came in, it was rebounding, it was hustle, it was defense, and, you know, those are still staples of what you do, but now you've added a three-point shot. Mm -hmm. How important was it for you to just continue to evolve your game as the game itself evolves so that you do end up with these different teams and those different experiences? Well, I mean, you know, just from a, a very young age, back thinking back to high school, um, I understood uh, the importance of me being able to stretch the floor um, you know, I kind of saw the, the beginning of the, the stretch four uh, happening whenever I was younger. And so um, I didn't expect to be seven foot a center uh, or anything like that. So I knew, all right, if I'm going to stick around, uh, it's going to have to be uh, because I'm a great shooter. So I started at a young age, uh, really just honing in on that skill. The rest of the stuff I knew I could control every night. And I still do that today. You know, like you said, defense, rebounding. Uh, the hustle plays and uh, the hustle mentality. Uh, that's the type of stuff you can control more. Uh, you can't control shooting as much. Um, you can't control scoring as much, but uh, the things you can control, I try and, you know, bank on those things every night. And then, you know, the shooting and all that stuff becomes icing on the cake. That's Timberwolves forward Anthony Tolliver, who back on Media Day said, hey, if I'm out there, I'm going to let it fly. And so far, AT, as he's known, shooting 38% from beyond the arc and nearly 76% of his points this season have come from deep. All right, keep it right here. When we come back, we'll get to know more about Carl Anthony Towns in his own words on the Timberwolves Radio Network. The Timberwolves are back, and so is College Night, presented by U.S. Bank. For select home games, college students can get upper-level tickets for $10 by using a valid.edu email address online. Visit Timberwolves.com college for more info. Minnesota Timberwolves, all eyes north. Wolves cast continues. John Fokey with you in our Target Center NBA Tonight studios. Keep it here because Cal Soderquist will rejoin me. Take a look at the Wolves' upcoming homestand. But first... Carl Anthony Towns has been putting up monster numbers since late December, and on this episode, we get a chance to learn more about what makes Cat tick by hearing from him in his own words. Uh, my goal this year is to make the playoffs again. Um, we had a great run last year. Uh, with everything going on, it would be a huge success for us if we can make the playoffs, and obviously when we're there, uh, make some noise as well. Uh, the funniest guy on our team, uh, I think it's a tie. I think it's between... Jeff Teague and uh, Gorgie Zhang. Uh, those guys are hilarious. I think Gorgie gets the uh, edge because of his accent. My favorite superhero has always been Superman. Uh, just love his, his emblem, his symbol. Uh, obviously, the amount of power he unfolds in himself, and uh, uh, he's a great superhero. I also have a huge love for Batman as well. 
Steph on the attack, circles along the baseline, looks for a cutter, it's Towns, he rocks the rim right over JaVale McGee. Highlight real stuff from Carl Anthony Towns. For me, the hammer dunk makes me more excited. Uh, you know, when you, do, when you do a dunk like that, especially with the defender in the way, uh, it's a huge uh, energy boost for the whole team, and it's, uh, it looks really cool as well. He missed it, the slam follow for Carl Anthony Towns as he escapes Jamal McGee on the weak side and hammers it home with two hands. Uh, I think for me, the toughest player to guard is uh, Marcus Gasol. Gasol bangs away, gets a foot in the paint, turn around 12-footer, drops in. Gasol starting to heat up. He's got 8.7 rebounds. Not only because of his offensive ability, uh, but also his ability to just make his teammates better. Uh, there's more than just points that count uh, with his uh, factor. I think the bigs, uh, big men nowadays are asked to do more than ever in the NBA. Um, you know, I don't see, you know, obviously it's a huge benefit as a big man to be able to shoot a three ball, but. Dribbles out of trouble, spots Towns up top, three ball on the way, bingo! Carl Anthony Town, a fist pump for two, coming back down the floor. Uh, I don't see it being truly a necessity. I think the ability to be more athletic than ever, uh, run the floor and be able to guard multiple positions is uh, what the new big man in the NBA needs to have. I chose the number 32 because my dad wore it back in the day in uh, college. and. Uh, always wanted to be like my dad, but I also love Magic Johnson. I've always wanted to play like Magic Johnson, so uh, I wore the number because of those two people. I mean, for me, probably a hidden talent of mine is I, I play instruments. You know, I've played, you know, guitar, piano, and uh, obviously flute for a little bit as well. So, I mean, I'm able to play all three of those instruments. My pregame playlist usually consists of uh, J. Cole, Kendrick, um, maybe some slow songs as well, you know, get my mind at ease, uh, a lot of Mac Miller, and uh, uh, some Big Sean always thrown in there, some Post Malone. I, I usually try to change it up how I feel with the day. Well, whatever Cat has on that pregame playlist, I'll take some of it if it's helping him put up the type of numbers that we've seen so far. All right, keep it here. We'll wrap things up by going three in the key with Cal Soderquist next on the Timberwolves Radio Network. The season is here, and unforgettable experiences are just waiting for you and your group. Catch the pack in action and get in on pregame performances, player high fives, photo ops, and more. Find your experience now at Timberwolves.com slash groups. Minnesota Timberwolves, all eyes north. Wrapping up Wolves cast, John Fokey with you, rejoined by Cal Soderquist as we go three in the key. Take a look at this upcoming stretch of games for Minnesota. And Cal, I think the best part is it involves some home games for Minnesota. Yeah, fans should be excited. Utah Jazz coming into town on Sunday, so that's where we'll start with our three key players. Donovan Mitchell, his sophomore season began with a bit of a slump after that impressive rookie campaign, but his month of January has been a different story. He received Western Conference Player of the Week honors earlier in the month, and in his last seven games, he's averaging 31 points, six assists, and four rebounds. And despite that slow start to the season, his 22 points per game on the year leads all sophomores. So even coming out of the gate slow, he still has moved to the front. He's no Joe Ingles. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Maybe not the smack talk uh, of Joe Ingles as well, but you get to see him both on Sunday. Another guy you get to see, our second key player, is Rudy Gobert. And he's recorded double-doubles in eight straight games at the time we taped this. He's actually... Tied for the league lead in double-doubles. We'll have more on that when we dive into two key stats. But right now, let's spotlight the success he's had against the Timberwolves of late. In, in three matchups last year, Gobert averaged a 14-point, 14-rebound double-double 
also sending back three and a half blocks per contest in those three matchups with Minnesota. And he's certainly the, the type of player that has been known to uh, make things tough for a guy like Carl Anthony Towns on the inside. Absolutely, and their defense has gotten much better since we saw them back in uh, late October. That is true. Third and final key player is uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. in Memphis. It's been a, a rough stretch for the Memphis Grizzlies, to say the least, uh, and there seems to be some questions surrounding what the team will look like in the immediate future, but we know more than likely Jaron Jackson is going to be included in their plans moving forward. Uh, the high lottery pick this most recent draft. How about this little nugget on him to start his rookie season and his NBA career? Just the fourth player in NBA history to total 250-plus points, 20-plus steals, and 40-plus blocks in his first 20 games. The, the three other players that he's joined, David Robinson, Patrick Ewing, and Bill Walton. So certainly some good company to keep uh, just a little over halfway through his rookie season. We move now to two key stats. We mentioned those impressive Rudy Gobert double-double numbers. He's got 39 on the season. That's tied for the league lead with Joel Embiid. And his 39 through his first 48 games on the year, the second most in franchise history. Only John Stockton bested that mark. He had wow. 41 double-doubles through his first 48 games in the 91-92 season. So uh, it's been quite a while since someone has been this consistent to start their year in a Jazz uniform. Our second key stat is just that, second. The Memphis Grizzlies at the moment have the NBA's second-best scoring defense. They allow opponents to tally less than 104 points per game. They've already held four different opponents to personal season-low totals, uh, so that grit-and-grind mentality is still alive and well in Memphis. The only problem, they've got the league's lowest-scoring offense. They average less than 101 points per game. That is not obviously a, a good differential. Opponents averaging 104, and they're scoring only 101, so a big reason why they've struggled. Yeah, and we remember they just suffocated Minnesota in that Sunday afternoon game a couple of months back. Yeah, they're, they're comfortable in those games, that's for sure. Finally, one key matchup, Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. You could even say Andrew Wiggins and Rudy Gobert if, if you wanted another one of those poster dunk opportunities. Yes. But we often spotlight these matchups on the inside between Cat and uh, these skilled defensive big men. Gobert might be the very best uh, defensive big man in the league right now, and not only just as a one-on-one -on -one defender, but how important he is to that Utah team defense. You mentioned it. Uh, they hit their stride last year, one of the very best teams in the second half, and he's a big reason why. So keep an eye on those two Sunday here at the Target Center. All right, that is when the homestand kicks off. Get your tickets at Timberwolves.com. For Cal Sodaquist, I'm John Fokey saying so long. We'll talk to you again next week right here on the Timberwolves Radio Network. This has been a presentation of the Timberwolves Radio Network.